0: You know, uh, I have gotten so many reactions from our incredible invitation to church. Wow. And when I, went to, when I was inviting people to church, I said, give me your first reaction. What is this? Wow. They're going like, I don't even know what that is. Wow. I said, this is Love. about this about coming to to learn something new about relationships. And you're going to learn it in a church service. And they are blown away. Man. They are blown away. Yeah. But I, I had the audacity to put this on an invitation Crazy. and spread the word about church. Wow. In our series for the next 2 weeks is about love, sex and dating. He's he's gone wild, man. He's gone wild. Man, I sent an email just to encourage the parents that, you know, it's okay to have your teenagers in church. Cuz some of them, you know, were thinking, "Well, what are you going to talk about?" Cuz I'm not sure if I had that talk with them yet. So I want to make sure that you know that you're not going to be having the talk, that I'm going to be talking with my kids. already know what? So, hopefully, this morning, you'll be able to really learn about love, sex, and dating. We're going to explore the topic, we are going there. Uh-oh. Okay. We're doing it. We're on the flyer that those three-letter words, is there. Don't be threatened by it. But don't be also glamorized by it. You know, I specifically wanted to talk to the singles, the teenagers, and the college students today. Amen. To the unmarried people today. Okay. But if you're married, listen in, because um, some of these things might apply to you as well. Amen. well we want to look at relationships in a whole new way. Okay. And if you're a parent, this is something you would want to teach your children. Because it's important to hand down what truly is love, what truly is sex, and what truly is dating. A new look. And some of us, you know, we've gone through relationships. Some of us have been lucky enough or blessed enough to have been married before we became Christians. Some of us became married people while we became Christians in church, and then we married another Christian, and now we're, we're, we're doing pretty good. You know, how do we make it work? How does dating work? You know, sometimes, you know... We've seen marriages that were kind of inspiring. Like, oh, wow, that's what marriage is like? We've seen that too. So how do I do this dating thing? You know, it's sad because we don't have a lot of great examples. You know, on the the sitcoms and the movies, they always show the dark side or the negative side to relationships. And they never really give it its full, you know glory or benefit. They really show you the negative side of it. It's, it's unfortunate, but that's what they do. And some of us, we start to think to ourselves, well, I'll just settle down many, many, many years later. But here's what happens when you, when you, when you think like, I'm just going to settle down one day. Your present will become your past and will show up in your future. Yep. Your present today will one day become Your past. And it will show up in your future. Write that down if you want to, because that's a good one to remember. Your choices today and right now, you think it just affects the here and now. But it doesn't. It soon becomes our past. And if you're going to look at relationships with the mindset of, hey, it's only about the here and now, you're going to be surprised and shocked that what happens here and now shows up later in the future. You know, Karen and I have been working with married couples for over 10 years. And we've seen the great, the good, the bad, the ugly, the, the complex, the challenging, yeah. you name it. We've seen a lot of situations. We've seen adultery. We've, we've worked with couples that are to repair the damage. We've worked with abuse. Uh, we work with many different types of marriages. Yeah. And their present became their past. And it showed up. In their future. Yeah. You know, I don't believe there's, any, there's no such thing as marriage problems. You don't have a marriage problem if you're a married person. You have people problem. Yeah. Right. It's, that's the real problem, is people. Because yeah. you come into, your, into this relationship with stuff from your decisions you've made in the past that are now coming up in your future. future. Yeah. And then they rub together. And then you start thinking, did I marry the right person? We start to wonder going, man, we're having a lot of problems here. Or you might find yourself dating someone going, am I dating the right person? And we spend a lot of time and energy searching to make sure we're going to end up with the right person, right? Yeah. And that's the myth. The myth is an invented story. A myth is an, an invented idea. A myth is an invented concept. Here's the myth. If I marry the right person, then everything is going to be alright. So i got to spend a lot of my time and a lot of my energy finding the right person. You know, you, we can think, well, my life's not great right now, but, but when I met her, the stars aligned. <laughs> And if I end up with her, everything is going to be alright. When I met this young boy, heavens opened up. It was amazing. I heard the archangel. He's the right person. And we spend all this time, all this energy. And guess what? We're so... We're so focused on finding the right person. And when we think we've found them, guess what that other person's trying to do? They're trying to find the right person too. And that's what a lot of our energy is spent on when you're, when you're unmarried. Instead of trying to find out who you are. So how do you know who's the right person? Well, chemistry, right? I mean, I'm feeling it. I want to talk to her for nine hours straight. Wow. For guys, that's kind of crazy. But that's what happens. Like, I want to hear her voicemail over and over. It's her voice. It's her voice. Play it again, Sam. Play it again, Sam. Play it again, Sam. Right? You hear your voice messages. You want to text all day. What are you doing? What's going on? Middle of the night. Good night. Good night. Good night. No, goodbye. No, you say goodbye first. Goodbye to you. Can okay, you say goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. We do all this and we go, and this is chemistry. This is love. Wow. This is it! Wow. And we feel so excited about this relationship. Because we now believe that we found the right person. Then that chemistry wears off, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, when I was 18 years old, I found the right person. I got a job and I, she was at my job and we couldn't date her at the job so I quit my job so I can go date her. Wow. So I'll quit this job. And I started dating her. And I mean, it, she was, in my eyes, amazing. Wow. Everything we... You like Guns N' Roses? I like Guns N' Roses. Yeah. I was like, on, this is amazing. Everything I like, she like. i like, this is going to be... This is it. This is it. Yeah. And then one day, a few months later or several months later, she no longer wanted to be with me. The chemistry was gone for her. Not for me, but for her, it was gone. You know, the Grammy winner, Adele wrote the song. I could have wrote that song for her many years ago. We could have had it all. Go because that was in my heart. You know, this morning, my daughter said, Dad, why are you humming that song? Why are you whistling that song? I said, I said, because, honey, it resonates with my heart. Because I, I went once in my life, I have felt that way. I was the person that was being let go because I didn't match up to being the right person. And that's the myth. Because once the, once the people problems come up, once they rise up, you're going, is this the right person for me? The, 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 the idea of my person, you're no longer in the mold. So this relationship must be, I must have found the wrong person. And it's difficult because instead of trying to find the right person, you know, this is where affairs begin in our marriages. This is where we, we're we married and, and the two rough edges, the two people problems come in and they rub each other and rubbing each other and then you think, wow, there's no love and magic like there used to be in our relationship. Oh, and so there's another person that comes along and, and all of a sudden the, the chemistry gets almost instantaneously reactive. <gasps> I'm, she's encouraging. Kind of how like my wife was 17 years ago. Or how my And that's how the affairs begin and starts. And it's difficult because when you're trying to put all your emphasis on finding the right person, you start thinking nothing should go wrong until it does. And then the myth appears and repeats itself. So here's what I want to teach you this morning. Here's the new rule on love, sex, and dating. Instead of trying to find the right person... Become the right person. Because we're trying to find that person. And we're going to find ourselves in this rotating myth. And rotating relationships because you're not going to find that. Because they're they're not going to fit in the mold anymore. But if you focus your energy on becoming that person. And you're with someone who also wants to become that person there you can build something great. A lot of times, one person is trying to become the right person, but the other person isn't. Like, I want to be the right person. I want to be loving and kind, but they're not. Right. And so they become mean, and insensitive, and inconsiderate. And you start wondering, how can you love someone so much and they hurt you so much? Remember, that, remember those quotes? But I love them talking there. Because they're still dealing with the myth they want you to become the right person. But not focusing on them becoming the right person. You know, there's a story about a, a girl who gets really excited about meeting this guy. Because mom Mom, I met this great guy. You know, he's really cute. He's really amazing. We hit it off. We have a lot in common. He, he talks about God. He, he's bringing it up in conversation. And he talks about his relationship. And he's just a really great guy. And I think I found the right guy. And the mother says, that's great, honey. But why would someone like that be interested in someone like you? Oh. <laughs> it's kind of harsh, but what the mother's telling her is that you're looking for the right person and not becoming the right person. Because our children, that's exactly what you hear. I found, I found him. I found, found him. And we think we're in high school, this, that we find something and it's going to last forever. Because that's what we saw growing up, right? We saw that growing up. The Bible doesn't have a lot of great information on, on finding the right person. But it has a lot of information on becoming the right person. So let's look in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. The new rules. I know teens hate rules, but this is a great one. This is, the, this is the one that will, will give you the greatest relationships in your life. Yep. When you want to become the right person versus trying to find the right person. In verse 4 of 1 Corinthians 13, this is this passage is great. It's the great equalizer. You know, when whenever we have counseling appointments, this is a great passage for everyone to look, look and take the, take the time to, to examine themselves. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It's not irritable. And it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice with injustice but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up. Love never loses faith. Is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. What a great scripture. Love is kind. You know, being considerate. You know, becoming that right person is, how can, I, how can I take some time to consider how I can help this person? You know, think back to your dating life. And what it was like when you went out with an inconsiderate person. When you were considerate and they were completely inconsiderate. You know, when I first started dating as a Christian, one of the girls asked me on a date. I was like, well, that's That's new. But very cool. <laughs> and they asked me on a date, and I said, "Sure, love to." So then I got, you know, they came to my house. And I got picked up. I was like, "What? Well, it's kind of cool." Came to my door, said hello to my parents. It's just "The girl I'm going to date with, Dad." Pretty cool, huh? Dad's like, "All right." Got. I went outside under a car, and she opened the car door for me. Wow. <laughs> I was like, "This is now." It's definitely strange. <laughs> this has never happened to me in my entire life. I'd sit in, and she closes the door, and she goes around, and I go, well, I, I better, I better go over and open, unlock her door. Was, I said, so I unlocked her door. But she got in. I was trying to be consider- Oh, This is amazing consideration. We go to the restaurant. We have, you know, we, we talk about a great time. The bill comes, and I'm, you know, I naturally go for my wallet. She goes, no, I got it. I was like, I love being a Christian. I love being a Christian. <laughs> I will never leave the Lord." <laughs> One of the most amazing things I ever experienced was someone who was completely considerate. It's an amazing experience. Wow. Love is patient. You know Love doesn't pressure. Love gives you your, your, your proper space. Yeah. You know, you know trying to crowd you and trying to impose himself on you. That's not love, that's selfishness. Can you be patient? Can you be patient with becoming the right person and, and really managing another relationship and being patient with them? Love is, love is, love is, uh, love is not envy. You know, sometimes we get we, get, we get feel like, well, I'm not having a good day. I'm, I'm going to make sure no one else has a good day. When you interact with me, I'm going to make sure that you know, you know I'm having a bad day. And I, since I don't, I'm not feeling good about myself, I don't want you to feel good about yourself. That's what envy is. You know, we do it by su- su- subtle desires. We get subtly competitive. We we bring that into the relationship. We get kind of cold and distant. I mean, the list I can go. I can go through each of these these uh, these qualities on becoming the right person. Love does not boast. You ever been on a date where someone's just talking about themselves? You bring something up you've done, and they go, "You know, let me tell you what I've done." <laughs> that reminds me of what I used to. And then the comment is all about them. You know, I used to be that person. And in some ways, I still am that person. You know, I've had to work that with, with Karen. You know, I've had to wor- work with that in our relationship. I had to work on becoming the right person. You know, when I was trying to make Karen my girlfriend through prayer, you know, I... I tried to, I took on her day, but she, there, she did not had, have any attraction to me whatsoever because I wasn't yet the right person oh I, I wasn't I wasn't ready and then a few years later, I was working on myself and Karen saw something great in me, I think and so she, her, her heart opened to me because this passage is the new rule on love sex and dating. Instead of trying to find the right person, become the right person. Mm. You know, if I and this might sound dull to you. Well, this is kind of dull. It doesn't sound too exciting to you. Well, imagine this. What if in, your, in your, your upraising, you saw your parents be considerate toward each other? You saw your parents being kind to each other. Would that have changed your household? Would that have changed the dynamic of your family? Oh, yeah. If you just would have saw a loving and considerate parents. You know, for some of us, we we feel we don't need to work on being the right person because when I find that right person, they're going to be so awesome that I won't need to be patient. Mm. They won't do anything that's going to require me to forgive them. Mm. They're going to be so considerate because when I search, I'm going to find the right person so I don't have to change. It's gonna be so awesome. It's gonna be great. You know, when I got married, I thought Karen was gonna make the bed every day. I thought she was gonna have dinner, breakfast, and dinner ready on the dime, with coffee ready to go, with steam coming out, and just the right amount of sugar, right amount of cream. I was like, "Qué pasó?" That's Spanish for "What has happened." And usually, when you get married, the first two years, there's a lot of discomfort. Because you're trying. You're trying to get two rough edges. Because there's no marriage problems, there's just people problems. So people come in, and there it is the expectation. Instead of me trying to be considerate, and Karen would say, Gio, we need to work as a team. Yeah, but I'm the coach. Tell her! I'm the coach, though. You weren't in Cincinnati, but I'm the coach. It took me years to figure out, like, if the dishes are dirty, it'd be very good for me to change and become the right person to wash the dishes if I see them dirty. You know, I, I want to say it took me six months, but it didn't. It took me years to figure out that I need to be helping more, helping her more. And when I was, when I was becoming the right person, our marriage chemistry Grew. Yep. It didn't wear off. It actually grows. It grows and it grows. I've been married 12 years. Mm-hmm. I am in love with my wife. Yeah. When she gets dressed up for day, I'm going, I'm going, I'm like, wow, that's pretty awesome. I love that. I'm excited. I'm not like, yeah, it's great. It's a really nice dress. Let's go on a date. Come on, let's go to the movies. I'm excited. This is awesome. Because I'm growing, I'm becoming the right person, even though I'm married. Amen. Not just, you know, be the right person then you're married and, ah, yeah. Because we do that. We kind of coast in and slide into home. Shh, I made it, I'm married now. Fellowship of the ring, I'm cool. It's going to be all good from here. <laughs> do not work that way. You got to keep becoming the right person. Amen. Love always protects. Not just from the outside threats. But always also love protects the other person from you. Now, are you becoming the right person? You know, in 1 Corinthians 13, if you look in verse 11, it says, When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I stopped those childish childish ways. I put childish things behind me you know when we become adults we're supposed to put our childhood our childhood away when it comes to relationships but in our childhood we saw the most amazing fairy tales what was the point of the fairy tales there was a prince or a princess there was an evil parent trying to, trying to, you can't be with him there was an amazing prince or an amazing princess One had, sometimes she had super long hair other times you know, she swimming in the ocean Right? Right. And the guy finds the perfect girl. And uh, loves true first kiss. The mermaid gets her legs. Rebels against her father. Because if they marry the right person, everything's going to be alright. And at the end of each of the the fairy tales is, and they what? Live Live happily ever after. You know, as children, (laughs) as children, we're taught to believe that, that if we find the right person, everything's going to be all right. And some of us as adults, we approach dating with a childlike mind. And we start thinking that if I just am with the right person, everything's going to be okay. And you look at the state of your marriage, so you're going, you start wondering, did I marry the right person? You see, you're already in the myth. The question is, are you becoming the right person? Amen. On, That's where the truth lies. Yep. We've been living so long in that myth. For so long. If my wife was just more loving, I would be different. No, 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 no. If you were more loving, yep. your relation would be different. Amen. Yep. If my spouse would pick up his... No, 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 no. If you would become more... Because our our natural tendency is to go, if they do this, I'll change. Mm. Versus, hey, I want to be the right person for my relationship. Yeah. Karen and I had a, had a rough two years of our first... First years of marriage. It was rough. Two rough edges coming together. You know, my father... Did not cook dinner. My father did not get up to get a glass of water. My father did not even get up to get utensils. He just sat at the table and he was served with a happy heart. So I thought. Till many years later, I'm going, my mom was an angry woman. <laughs> I didn't realize it until I got became a woman going, mom is unhappy. And guess what? Dad had to start becoming the right person. You know, now my dad, you know, 40 years of marriage. He's washing the dishes after dinner. Come on. As a child, I never. That was. When I I saw him, this is weird. What's going on here? What's happening? (laughs) Did you become a Christian, Dad? Because something is odd here. (laughs) Even in life, they start to figure this out. I want you to memorize 1 Corinthians 13, verse 3. I want to talk about a second myth. And this is going to go into popular culture. Hollywood likes to teach us, wants so badly to teach us that the myth of sex is just physical. They do a lot of work. No strings attached. Sex is just physical. Having an affair, it's just physical. Watching pornography, it's it's just a physical outlet. Friends with benefits, it's just physical. No harm done. As long as we use protection... And as long as no one gets pregnant or gets an STD, no harm done. As long as as you're mutually consenting, we can have it as much as we want with as many people as we want to. As long as nobody gets hurt. Here's the truth sex is more, sex is a lot more than just physical. Sex is mental, sex is emotional. Sex is spiritual. When we try to engage in sexual activity and try to leave out our mind, our heart, and our soul, we damage ourselves. If you treat sex as just physical, you do massive internal trauma to your heart. Mm -hmm. And many of us today in this room and we're dealing with bad sexual choices from our past. Because we have the mentality that it's just physical. Right. And once we realize the damage, how do you know, how you know it resurfaces? That There's, we feel the insecurity. Right. We feel the inability to bond and connect on a relationship level. We feel that deep lack of trust. We have no problem identifying it because we know it's there. We just have a hard part connecting the dots with our past to our future. Because we kind of thought that stayed there. Those choices aren't going to affect me, but they show up in our future. Sex is more than just physical. It is so deep on so many levels you couldn't imagine. But God's will argue, no, 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 it's physical. Girls, it's physical. Well, let me, let me say this then. If it's just physical, why do sexual abuse victims carry the scar around for the rest of their life? Yeah. Why? When a child is abused and he becomes an adult, it, it's still as traumatic. Well, then, if a person who's been raped, it's devastating. And why do they carry that shame their whole life? Devastating. It's not just physical. It's emotional. Yep. It's mental. It's spiritual. Why do most men in this world who have sexual addictions, can they can trace it back to an absentee father, a neglectful father, or an uninvolved father? It's not just physical. Some of the people's worst regrets, deepest regrets, are sexual in nature. Because it's not just physical. It's mental. Emotional. Spiritual. You know, the world, our society, our TV, YouTube, they try to promote sex and they try to leave out Intimacy. It's just physical. And they want to try to have have you believe that. If you believe that, you'll be fine. No. But they're leaving out one major component. Intimacy. Which is defined as to know and to be fully known. See, God designed sex, intimacy, as as a major component in relationships. And when you take part in something, this is what God is thinking, when you take part in something that represents what a relationship with me is going to be like. That's what sex is. It's supposed to be deep, intimate, and meaningful. Trusting. All the qualities that we see in our relationship with God, that is what He designed sex to be like. But the world has you believe, it's just physical. You know, sex is the reward for intimacy and commitment. When done in the right context, it's one of the most powerful things imaginable. When done in the wrong context, it has the power to destroy you at the deepest levels of your psyche. You know, the religious mindset is this, and we come across religious people all the time in our county. I want all the blessings from God, I just don't want God to tell me what to do. Right. I want the blessings, yeah. but I don't want you to kind of tell me what I should and should not do. And when we reduce sex to just something that's physical, that's in essence what we're saying. We want the blessings of sex, just not the responsibility of it. Right. Sex without responsibility is shallow. Meaningless. And it reduces the human being to nothing but a shell. You take away everything that's eternal. The emotion. The mental. Spiritual. And people get detached. And they're still detached today because of the choices they made many years ago. People that were sexually active and treated sex as just physical have a harder time connecting on an emotional level as adults. They have a hard time connecting with people. Uh, and with someone they're trying to love and care about, there's a, there's, a, there's a disconnect. You know, in the city of Corinth, in the Roman Empire, uh, there was a worship system with the, with the Roman God, and sex was a part of the worship. And Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, why don't you turn there with me, and he writes about, about sex. God has designed it To represent your relationship with Him. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, Paul writes to the Christians in the Corinth church, and he he wants them to understand the damage that it's causing, or that it can cause you. In verse 18, it says, Run from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. You know, sexual immorality is any act of marriage, I mean, any act of sex outside of marriage. Whether it's homosexual, heterosexual, anything. So what am I saying? Am I saying that God hates this sin more than, more than others? No. Does God think sex is dirty? No. God, is, God prote- wants to protect us because of what the sexual sin does to the offender you damage yourself. You hurt yourself. And God is trying to guide and protect the sanctity of your mental, your emotional, and your spiritual state. When we engage in sex without a, a commitment of marriage, it does something to us. He creates in us someone who we don't even recognize anymore. I used to believe sex was just physical. I convinced myself that sex was just physical. Because you can do that. But I can't avoid the, the, the experiences in my life in the past are showing up in my marriage today. I have a harder time connecting with Karen. Just because I was sexually active, I have to consciously work on that, and same with Karen herself, so you got two people coming in that have a hard time connecting with people. I connect to people on a friendly level, but I'm talking on a deeper level, especially with the, with the opposite sex. Uh, you know Karen always says is not the most romantic guy in the world because she's saying that because I have a connection problem. I understand commitment. But I'm still growing in how to really, really get more close to Karen. Because of my choices in the past. So God is trying to guide us. So you can become the right person. To have a relationship with someone who also wants to become the right person. Are you hearing me, teen ministry? Because you're you're the most susceptible to the myth. Because God's going to come to you and go, I'm the right person. Check it out. <laughs> Ta da! And you're going, I found him! I found him! I found him! But he has no intention because he thinks he's found the right girl. He has no intention of becoming the right person because you're the right person for him. And you're going to stay in that mold. And once you get out of that mold, oh, you're not the right person. I, you're not the person I thought you were. Because you're going to bring your people problem into the relationship. After you're fin- done finishing and, and texting a thousand times and all that wears off, he's going to realize that you're out of the box now. You, you actually have real issues in your heart. One thing women, women want, they want to feel significant. Yeah. Right? They want to sense, I, I, do, Am I significant to you? So that's the challenge when you're in high school. Giving up something now for something better later is not a sacrifice. It's an investment. Giving up something now for something better later. We want to say, I'm sacrificing. No, it's not a sacrifice. It's an investment. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Ask the millionaires who put twenty five bucks a month away when they were in high school. It wasn't a sacrifice, that was a lot of money. It was an investment. Twenty five years later they're doing pretty well financially. It's an investment in those terms. I'm investing for my future. So I want to encourage you. Campus, singles, teenagers. Invest in your future. Relationships. Because we have new rules for love, sex, and dating. Part two is next week. Thank you.